Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All-In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano. Welcome to the show. Uh, today, um, I have a special guest, uh, David Schreiner Khan. I am excited to share his message with you. He's out there impacting the world with his actual own show that I'm really excited to hear about. I'm actually going to start listening to regularly because um, I'm learning from him already, but he has a lot of great information to share with you today, and I'm, I'm excited to have you here. So um, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Daniel. Great to be here. All right. So David, uh, you know, I always like to hear a little bit about your backstory, like, you know, where, where'd you grow up, you know? where you were born and raised and, you know, just to find out a little bit about you. Um, born and raised in Asbury Park, New Jersey, okay. Jersey Shore. Okay. And uh, been in a lot of places. Um, I probably lived the longest actually where I am now in New York City. Mm -hmm. And I've been, been here this round since 1983. Okay. All right. And, uh, and then tell me a little bit about your upbringing. What was your background My like? Um, I grew up, um, actually not around any entrepreneurs, not in an entrepreneurial family. It was actually a, a very risk averse family. Right. Um, so uh, entrepreneurship was, um, was actually pretty alien to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know I've had lots of guests on my show. And I have lots of friends and, and colleagues that have grown up, um, in entrepreneurial families. And I think that makes a difference in, perhaps in your ability to like, like when and where you get started, if you, um, if you become an entrepreneur. Um, so in my case, um, I chose the safe route. I studied something that um, is most likely going to give you a, um, a job that will pay your bills. I studied engineering, worked as an engineer for a few years, um, had my first um, awakening when my, um, it was in my second job and just after a, um, my second performance review, that was a very strong review and, a, and I got a, a nice raise a month later, I was out of a job. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I didn't realize was I wasn't, you know, I was young. I wasn't really paying attention to the, um, the actual business of the company that I worked for, um, they had lost a lot of business. And so they ended up having to fire about half the staff. Um, and I, you know, was, became actually quite disillusioned with sort of the corporate, um, corporate culture. And, um, it was, it was a period of, um, uh, a lot of downsizing that was going on, especially in big corporations. And I saw people with my training who were like, you know, 20 to 30 years older than me that were, losing their jobs when they were a little shy of their, uh, of their retirement. And that this was in the days when companies would pay what doesn't exist anymore. They, you know, pension, they had pension plans. And so they would, they would save money by not only firing um, these uh, high income workers, but also they'd save money on what they'd have to pay out in their retirement plans because they would be a little short of being fully vested. And I'm like, I don't know that this is really where I want to go for the next um, 30 plus years. Um, so I ended up um, 
going to work in the not-for-profit sector where I stayed for over 20 years. And um, personally, it was a lot more, more rewarding. And I, and I have to say, you know, reflecting back on it, there are lots of not-for-profits that don't behave any better when it comes to how they treat employees compared to um, either public corporations or privately held businesses. Um, so the, you know, the whole thing about being an employee and having your income come from primarily one source, um, personally, I think it's, it's a pretty big risk. And I, um, as I said, I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs and didn't really know quite how to make the break, but I finally did, um, after 28 years of being an employee and I've been an entrepreneur for the last 15. Um, so, um, I'm grateful that I finally did make the break and I figured out how to be an entrepreneur. And um, like with anything else, you know, it's always, it's been an evolution and lots of things have happened that I hadn't predicted. There were all kinds of opportunities that have come up that I didn't foresee. And there are lots of challenges that I also didn't foresee and I had to deal with. Right. That's awesome. So if you look at um, uh, what you just shared there, you know, for a lot of people were taught, you know, uh, to go to school, get a good education, get a good job, right? And, and uh, you know, and you're on that path thinking, right, that that's the way you're going. And then you have this awakening, right, based on losing a job, right? And I think a lot of people have experienced that, um, that, that I'm sure you've been serving many of those people that are out there in the space that have had a similar experience, or got to an experience where they weren't fulfilled. And like, you know, what's, what, what's the purpose of my life? Like, how could I actually do something that's actually more meaningful, or more impactful, or be able to make more money for my family and myself and take more control, right? So if you look at, you know, um, that first shift for you, that's, you know, that's powerful in recognizing and going on, you know, this journey after many years in that game, right? So you said you were 28 years in, in the corporate world? 28 years as an employee, yeah. So, employee. so about um, five as an engineer, and then like 23 in the not-for-profit space. Right. Okay. All right. And then so what was the, you know, that moment when you decided to actually, I call it the all in moment, right? So that moment where, you know, you've now lost the job, did you start the, a business right away or what did that look like? Um, yeah. So in my case, when I went from being an employee to an entrepreneur, um, it actually, um, I had thought about it and, and um, you know, one of the things that I've always believed and this, um, I think this really started to take shape for me when I lost my engineering job mm -hmm. is that it's really important to have a plan B, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur, you've always got to have multiple scenarios that you can pull out at any point in time. And, um, you know, sort of like a fire drill, mm -hmm. you don't want to start planning to make your exit from your building. When there's a fire, you want to know how you're going to do it so that when the adrenaline is rushing and you're under stress because there's a fire, you can just move quickly. So I think it's always important to have a plan B. And I had thought, um, and I always thought about, well, what am I going to do next? Uh, so, you know, I had, um, I, I had great jobs in the not-for-profit sector. I was in executive roles. So I was, um, you know, I was fairly well paid. Um, you know, you don't get rich working in the not-for-profit sector, but I, you know, it, it was, it was enough to pay the bills. Um, live a comfortable lifestyle. And um, I had reached a point where I could have gone on to a higher position um, with um, probably a, a bigger agency. And I really wanted more control over my life. So I thought, um, you know, I knew 
at that point knew a lot of people that were consultants. I had hired lots of consultants and I thought, you know what? Um, I've been doing this a long time. I have a lot of expertise in not-for-profit management. I'll be a not-for-profit management consultant. And, um, and the actual trigger was a job loss. Um, there was, there, there were activities going on in my organization that were not related to me or my performance, but would eventually impact me. And so I decided um, that I would, I, I could either be proactive and go out and, and start something on my own, or I could wait until somebody else decided on the timing. Um, I personally waited till somebody else decided the timing. It, it was a little more advantageous to do it that way. And, um, and I went out and I started a, you know, sing, a solopreneur consulting business. Okay. All right. And then when you started that, right, um, you finally obviously started having some success at some level, right? You got your first client, first, first gig that you're doing, right? Um, at, at what point did you, uh, you know, uh, know for sure that this was the route for you, right? Was it, was it the defining moment of like, I chose this now, or was it like, because sometimes when we start things, we're kind of unsure a little. Like, is this the thing I should be doing? Um, when we start things, and actually when we're always doing them, there's, there's always, uh, there are always questions that go right. on. Right. Um, you know, there, there was a, a mentor of mine who, um, who was helping me and providing some guidance early on in my consulting business. And um, he was um, both... Uh, himself a consultant and also um, longtime faculty at um, uh, in a business school. And he said, there's going to come a time when somebody is going to make you a job offer and you're going to need to make a decision whether you want to pursue your consulting business or whether you're going to take a job. Um, not that you're seeking it now, but those, those situations come about and you really need to decide, are you all in as an entrepreneur or not? And it was actually really sound advice because in fact, um, not so long after I started my business, I was approached by a search firm with a very, um, um, a, a high paying position that, um, ex significantly exceeded what I was then making in my consulting business. And I was, um, I thought about it and I was honest with the recruiter. And I said, look, um, I'm very well qualified for this position and I could do it um, and do a good job at it. Um, I have to be honest with you that even if I'm offered the position, I'm not sure I would take it. I, we really have to think about it. And the recruiter said to me, then you shouldn't apply. And um, um, so I, you know, I made the decision then that I was all in. And that was the last time that um, I even entertained the idea of uh, another position as an employee. Right. Awesome. Right. So, so you get to that point where you make a decision, right? And it feels good once you're clear, right? Obviously having total clarity in what you're doing. You're building your business um, and you... Uh, obviously we talked about this earlier you know, where you, you know not all businesses go from like zero to you know uh success quickly right so what does that look like for you once you started it um yeah this is what i always tell people that that if you're an employee and you lose your job your in your income if your income is only coming from your 
your employment, your income goes from 100% to zero overnight. Mm -hmm. And if you get another job, your income goes from zero to 100% overnight. When you start a business, it never goes from zero to hundred percent overnight. Um, you know, like, especially with a consulting business, you're lucky if you can reach sustainability within two years. Right. Um, it, it, it is not quick. Um, and, and in fact, consulting is actually is faster to break even than many other kinds of businesses. Right. So you need a lot of perseverance to be able to make it as an entrepreneur. Right. And was there any, were there ever any dark moments in that journey? Oh, all the time. Are you kidding? <laughs> um, look, the, there, there are all kinds of things that are constantly changing. The, the world is, uh, our world and, and business is, uh, is dynamic. It's not like um, there's any kind of linear progression in anything. So um, the market can change. Um, relationships with clients can change. Um, there's COVID, you know, that nobody, nobody anticipated or very few people anticipated, um, you know, the, the, the whole, um, the way knowledge workers are working worldwide is totally different now than it was a year ago. Um, yeah. So there are always circumstances that are changing. Now, the beauty of being a consultant, particularly if you're a solopreneur consultant is, it's not like you have to turn a battleship around. You can pivot really quickly if you need to. So I've seen people um, that, that were, you know, for example, were greatly impacted by COVID and the lockdown. People that were making money from in-person speaking gigs. And all of a sudden they had to learn how to do virtual events. And some of them didn't figure it out. Some didn't figure it out quickly. And some figured it out very quickly. And all of a sudden were offering all kinds of new, um, new, new programs and, and new um, coming into new business opportunities with clients. And in fact, getting new clients as a result. Um, so yeah, you, you constantly need to be evolving and need to be changing. You standing still is never an option. That's, that's uh, so true. And, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of times people look at the outside and the outside in at business owners and, and look at, you know, some people as, you know, uh, you know, more successful and, you know, they've made it right. And in reality, like you just have a new set of challenges, right? There's always something, something going on behind the scenes to, to, to work on and deal with. Right. So awesome. Uh, so let's look at, um, uh, what, so you came out with, you had the two shows, right. That you started, right. Just, just tell me a little bit about, you know, the mindset of, of uh, you know, who you serve and what you help them with, right? Because I think that would definitely serve both of our audiences here because they're similar, right? Um, and, you know, what you actually, you know, help them with, right? Sharing like in your, you know, in your, uh, uh, you know, consulting and whatever other offers you have right now. And then I kind of want to hear what your, you know, what's your vision for the long term? Like what, what's the impact play for you, right? Um, yes, yeah, so we help consultants and coaches, with their, uh, with their business success. And they generally fall into two categories. Um, for consultants and coaches that feel like their business is sustainable, um, there's something they're aspiring to achieve that they're, where they're, they currently aren't achieving. So there's a gap between where they are, where they, what, what they would like their business to be like, you know, whether it's greater revenue. Um, in some cases, they're trying to 
um, perhaps spend fewer hours in their business. Uh, they may want to change their business model so they feel less likely to have a glorified job and that they're actually running a business. Um, you know, they're, they're a bunch of, they may want to serve different kinds of clients. Um, that's for, for existing consultants and coaches. Mm -hmm. And for the new ones, um, we have a special niche for consultants and coaches that have a long corporate history like I do. Um, so somebody who spent, I would say, 20 years or more as an employee, and then they decide um, they pretty much had it with being an employee. They want to make it as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and their business model is a consulting or coaching business model. Right. Um, and it's particularly if the, um, the trigger for them to make the move is somebody else deciding that they're their job has ended. Um, that is a very challenging transition. Um, and, um, and it's actually the, the emphasis of my newer show going solo. So that, that's who we serve. That's great. So um, you talked about the dark times, right? And, you know, let's talk about, you know, the, the bigger vision for you. Right. Like, what are you, what's your, what are you ultimately after? Um, so I, I, first of all, there are lots of consultants and coaches in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the number is growing and I suspect the way our professional work life has gone through a major disruption within the last 12 months, I think the number of consultants and coaches is going to increase significantly significantly over the years to come. Um, for a huge number of these folks, they are really good at what they do. They're good at their discipline. They have deep expertise. And when they have work with good clients, they do great work. The biggest challenges for them are in actually running their business. Um, for many consultants and coaches, they have never studied anything related to running a business. And, um, and they're clueless at many aspects of running their business. I have, I have people I've worked with that have never had to look at a profit and loss statement and their eyes glaze over when they have to look at their bank account. Um, you know, understanding your metrics is really important, but there's some you know, basic business building skills that many consultants and coaches lack. And um, I believe that that um, these people that, that have deep expertise and want to impact the world and do good work should be able to do the kind of work that they love, the work that they're competent at, serve the, the, the organizations and individuals that they want to serve, and get paid what they're worth. Right. Okay, love it. All right. And then from your, uh, your insights of you know, making this transition, because obviously you're, you're very what I love about what you're doing is you're very clear on the market you serve, right? And I'm sure occasionally a couple squeak through that are that have not been in the corporate world, right? That that, that love your message and what you're doing, right? But um, one of the things that that I like you to share is, you know, what would be like the thing if somebody's in this place right now where they're trying to make that decision or they're trying to transition or you know do something outside of what they're doing? What would you? What would be the number one thing you tell them to do? Number one thing is. Um take some time that you 
um, you might describe as a sabbatical mm -hmm. between employment and entrepreneurship, because um, there are a number of emotional reactions you're going to have, whether you know it or not. You, if you are um, already unemployed and trying to start a consulting or coaching business, you have probably felt some of these. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are still employed and thinking about starting a consulting or coaching business, you will feel these. Whether you leave proactively or, or your job is terminated. Um, number one, there is, uh, it's going to be a blow to your ego because initially there is likely to be lack of clarity of exactly who your target market is and what they're going to pay you for. Um, as I said, you don't, you don't go from zero to a hundred percent income in your, in a consulting or coaching business overnight. So it takes time to actually figure out the product market fit. Um, so in, in, you know, we're, we're very, as professionals, we are, um, our ego is very tied and our self-identity very tied to what we do for a living. So initially, not having um, a very clear stamp that says Daniel is a X, and that is what you always tell people when you meet them, that's what's on your LinkedIn profile. Um, you probably don't have a website yet because you're, you're new at this. So all these things, like there's, there's this self-identity gap. So that, that's gonna hit your, your ego pretty hard. Um, there is a lot of shame associated with that lack of clarity and with, um, uh, especially for those in the second half of, of their career, there's shame associated with um, what is considered to be unemployment, even though it is a, a time of self-reflection, which is part of what you need to go through to build your business. So th that self-reflective period is really important. So there's shame, there's, there's fear, fear of, um, you know, you and I talked about a little bit, fear that business isn't gonna work out the way we hope. Um, fear that the, all these assets that you've built up over the last 20 to 30 years may start to erode. Um, and you, you would like to actually add more to the assets and, and not take on new liabilities. But the reality is starting a business takes an investment of time and money. So you are going to need to be able to do that. So there's a lot of fear associated with it. And there are a lot of things associated with a, with a job that are comforting. So there's built in, a built-in social network. There, um, there are all kinds of perks. There actually is a grieving process when you lose a job just like when you lose a loved one and you have to be able to allow yourself to go through some of the stages of grief with job loss. So there, you know, that, those are a few of them, but you're, you're going to feel those. You really need space. And what I've seen is people that can take um, six to 12 months without pressuring themselves do a lot better when they actually go full force into a business. Now, you might not be able to afford six to 12 months, one of the things you can do is you could take something that is an interim position, either part-time or full-time, um, or even an interim consulting contract that you know is not really the business that you're trying to build. So in your own mind, it's time limited, it's, a, it's filling a gap. And in the mind of whoever you're working for, whoever the, the contract is with, it is filling a gap for them too. So um, it doesn't have the same kind of emotional baggage as something that you are really serious about and you wanted to make long-term impact with that kind of work. So, to, so that 
the, the self-reflective sort of sabbatical time period is, I would say, is the most critical piece. Right. That's great. Like, I, I love that. That was, uh, you know, amazing insights all throughout that around, you know, how people could approach it. And I was thinking, you know, there probably should be another show up there around grieving your, you know, loss of your job, right? <laughs> like, you know. Um, around, you know, just because people don't look at that. And I know for me, like even being on this side of it, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, but there have been times where I've sat and like, man, you know, they get off at five o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'd like to just, you know, chill out and, you know, have a guaranteed secure paycheck. Right. Um, especially in the dark, deep times, right. Where, where, you know, resources get tight. And, but, but in reality, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's the reality of being an entrepreneur, being in business. And if you do take that time, obviously it's just like anything else laying the foundation. Right. So it's a great way to do that. Thanks for sharing that. So, so, um, how do people hear more about you? Where do they find you? Uh, best place to go is smashing the plateau.com. Okay. Um, right. As you mentioned, I, uh, I'm also a, a podcast host uh, so I have two shows, Smashing the Plateau, which is our longest running show, and then Going Solo, which is also on the same site on smashingtheplateau.com, which mm -hmm. is about the transition when you've experienced a job loss. Okay, perfect. I love it. All right. So uh, anything else you'd like to share with people today as we close out? Um, if you are a consultant or coach, think about creating content. You, know, you and I touched on it a little bit. Uh, content creation is one of the best ways for people to get to know you, um, begin to develop some trust, and for you to develop relationships with people that can help lead the business. Awesome. Well, well, I thank you for taking the time today, David, and uh, just spending the time with us here sharing you know, your insights and wisdom and your journey and, and uh, the impact you're having in the world. So thank you and I appreciate you being here. Thank you for inviting me, Daniel. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.